chapter one part one of the life of washington volume five this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the life of washington volume five by john marshall chapter one george washington again unanimously elected president war between great britain and france queries of the president respecting the conduct to be adopted by the american government proclamation of neutrality arrival of mr genet as minister from france his conduct illegal proceedings of the french cruisers opinions of the cabinet state of parties democratic societies genet calculates upon the partialities of the american people for france and openly insults their government rules laid down by the executive to be observed in the ports of the united states in relation to the powers at war the president requests the recall of genet british order of eighth of june seventeen ninety three decree of the national convention relative to neutral commerce seventeen ninety three the term for which the president and vice-president had been elected being about to expire on the third of march the attention of the public had been directed to the choice of persons who should fill those high offices for the ensuing four years respecting the president but one opinion prevailed from various motives all parties concurred in desiring that the president chief magistrate should continue to afford his services to his country yielding to the weight of the representations made to him from various quarters general washington had been prevailed upon to withhold a declaration he had at one time proposed to make of his determination to retire from political life respecting the person who should fill the office of vice-president the public was divided the profound statesman who had been called to the duties of that station had drawn upon himself a great degree of obloquy by some political tracts in which he had laboured to maintain the proposition that a balance in government was essential to the preservation of liberty in these disquisitions he was supposed by his opponents to have discovered sentiments in favour of distinct orders in society and although he had spoken highly of the constitution of the united states it was imagined that his balance could be maintained only by hereditary classes he was also understood to be friendly to the system of finance which had been adopted and was believed to be among the few who questioned the durability of the french republic his great services and acknowledged virtues were therefore disregarded and a competitor was sought for among those who had distinguished themselves in the opposition the choice was directed from mr jefferson by a constitutional restriction on the power of the electors which would necessarily deprive him of the vote to be given by virginia it being necessary to designate some other opponent to mr adams george clinton the governor of new york was selected for this purpose throughout the war of the revolution this gentleman had filled the office of chief magistrate of his native state and under circumstances of real difficulty had discharged its duties with a courage and an energy which secured the esteem of the commander-in-chief and gave him a fair claim to the favour of his country embracing afterwards with ardour the system of state supremacy he had contributed greatly to the rejection of the resolutions for investing congress with the power of collecting an impost on imported goods 
and had been conspicuous for his determined hostility to the constitution of the united states his sentiments respecting the measures of the government were known to concur with those of the minority in congress george washington again unanimously elected president both parties seemed confident in their strength and both made the utmost exertions to ensure success on opening the ballots in the senate chamber it appeared that the unanimous suffrage of his country had been once more conferred on general washington and that mr adams had received a plurality of the votes the unceasing endeavors of the executive to terminate the indian war by a treaty had at length succeeded with the savages of the wabash and through the intervention of the six nations those of the miamis had also been induced to consent to a conference to be held in the course of the ensuing spring though probability was against the success of this attempt to restore peace all offensive operations on the part of the united states were still farther suspended the indians did not entirely abstain from hostilities and the discontents of the western people were in no small degree increased by this temporary prohibition of all incursions into the country of their enemy in georgia where a desire to commence hostilities against the southern indians had been unequivocally manifested this restraint increased the irritation against the administration the indian war was becoming an object of secondary magnitude the critical and irritable state of things in france began so materially to affect the united states as to require an exertion of all the prudence and all the firmness of the government the tenth of august seventeen ninety two was succeeded in that nation by such a state of anarchy and by scenes of so much blood and horror the nation was understood to be so divided with respect to its future course and the republican party was threatened by such a formidable external force that there was much reason to doubt whether the fallen monarch would be finally deposed or reinstated with a greater degree of splendor and power than the constitution just laid in ruins had assigned to him that in the latter event any partialities which might be manifested towards the intermediate possessors of authority would be recollected with indignation could not be questioned by an attentive observer of the vindictive spirit of parties a spirit which the deeply tragic scenes lately exhibited could not fail to work up to its highest possible pitch the american minister at paris finding himself in a situation not expected by his government sought to pursue a circumspect line of conduct which should in no respect compromise the united states the executive council of france disappointed at the coldness which that system required communicated their dissatisfaction to their minister at philadelphia at the same time mr morris made full representations of every transaction to his government and requested explicit instructions for the regulation of his future conduct the administration entertained no doubt of the propriety of recognizing the existing authority of france whatever form it might assume that every nation possessed a right to govern itself according to its own will to change its institutions at discretion and to transact its business through whatever agents it might think proper were stated to mr morris to be principles on which the american government itself was founded and the application of which could be denied to no other people the payment of the debt so far as it was to be made in europe might be suspended only until the national convention should authorize some power to sign acquittances for the monies received and the sums required for st domingo would be immediately furnished these payments would exceed the installments which had fallen due and the utmost punctuality would be observed in future 
these instructions were accompanied with assurances that the government would omit no opportunity of convincing the french people of its cordial wish to serve them and with the declaration that all circumstances seemed to destine the two nations for the most intimate connection with each other it was also pressed upon mr morris to seize every occasion of conciliating the affections of france to the united states and of placing the commerce between the two countries on the best possible footing the feelings of the president were in perfect unison with the sentiments expressed in this letter his attachment to the french nation was as strong as consistent with a due regard to the interests of his own and his wishes for its happiness were as ardent as was compatible with the duties of a chief magistrate to the state over which he presided devoted to the principles of real liberty and approving unequivocally the republican form of government he hoped for a favorable result from the efforts which were making to establish that form by the great ally of the united states but was not so transported by those efforts as to involve his country in their issue or totally to forget that those aids which constituted the basis of these partial feelings were furnished by the family whose fall was the source of triumph to a large portion of his fellow-citizens he therefore still preserved the fixed purpose of maintaining the neutrality of the united states however general the war might be in europe and his zeal for the revolution did not assume so ferocious a character as to silence the dictates of humanity or of friendship not much time elapsed before the firmness of this resolution was put to the test war between great britain and france early in april the declaration of war made by france against great britain and holland reached the united states this event restored full vivacity to a flame which a peace of ten years had not been able to extinguish a great majority of the american people deemed it criminal to remain unconcerned spectators of a conflict between their ancient enemy and republican france the feeling upon this occasion was almost universal men of all parties partook of it disregarding totally the circumstances which led to the rupture except the order which had been given to the french minister to leave london and disregarding equally the fact that actual hostilities were first commenced by france the war was confidently and generally pronounced a war of aggression on the part of great britain undertaken with the sole purpose of imposing a monarchical government on the french people the few who did not embrace these opinions and they were certainly very few were held up as objects of public detestation and were calumniated as the tools of britain and the satellites of despotism yet the disposition to engage in the war was far from being general the inclination of the public led to a full indulgence of the most extravagant partiality but not many were willing to encounter the consequences which that indulgence would infallibly produce the situation of america was precisely that in which the wisdom and foresight of a prudent and enlightened government was indispensably necessary to prevent the nation from inconsiderately precipitating itself into calamities which its reflecting judgment would avoid as soon as intelligence of the rupture between france and britain was received in the united states indications were given in some of the seaports of a disposition to engage in the unlawful business of privateering on the commerce of the belligerent powers the president was firmly determined to suppress these practices and immediately requested the attention of the heads of departments to this interesting subject queries put by the president to his cabinet in relation to the conduct proper to the adopted by the american government in consequence of this event as the new and difficult situation in which the united states were placed suggested many delicate inquiries he addressed a circular letter to the cabinet ministers enclosing for their consideration a well-digested series of questions 
the answers to which would form a complete system by which to regulate the conduct of the executive in the arduous situations which were approaching these queries with some of the answers of them those submitted only to the cabinet found their way to the leading members of the opposition and were among the unacknowledged but operating pieces of testimony on which the charge against the administration of cherishing dispositions unfriendly to the french republic was founded in taking a view of the whole ground points certainly occurred and were submitted to the consideration of the cabinet on which neither the chief magistrate nor his ministers felt any doubt but the introduction of questions relative to these points among others with which they were intimately connected would present a more full view of the subject and was incapable of producing any mischievous effect while they were confined to those for whom alone they were intended in the meeting of the heads of departments and the attorney-general which was held in consequence of this letter it was unanimously agreed that a proclamation ought to issue forbidding the citizens of the united states to take part in any hostilities on the seas with or against any of the belligerent powers warning them against carrying to any of those powers articles deemed contraband according to the modern usages of nations and enjoining them from all acts inconsistent with the duties of a friendly nation towards those at war with the same unanimity the president was advised to receive a minister from the republic of france but on the question respecting a qualification to his reception a division was perceived the secretary of state and the attorney-general were of opinion that no cause existed for departing in the present instance from the usual mode of acting on such occasions the revolution in france they conceived had produced no change in the relations between the two nations nor was there anything in the alteration of government or in the character of the war which would impair the right of france to demand or weaken the duty of the united states faithfully to comply with the engagements which had been solemnly formed the secretaries of the treasury and of war held a different opinion admitting in its fullest latitude the right of a nation to change its political institutions according to its own will they denied its right to involve other nations absolutely and unconditionally in the consequences of the changes which it may think proper to make they maintained the right of a nation to absolve itself from the obligations even of real treaties when such a change of circumstances takes place in the internal situation of the other contracting party as so essentially to alter the existing state of things that it may with good faith be pronounced to render a continuance of the connection which results from them disadvantageous or dangerous they reviewed the most prominent of those transactions which had recently taken place in france and noticed the turbulence the fury and the injustice with which they were marked the jacobin club at paris whose influence was well understood had even gone so far previous to the meeting of the convention as to enter into measures with the avowed object of purging that body of those persons favourers of royalty who might have escaped the attention of the primary assemblies this review was taken to show that the course of the revolution had been attended with circumstances which militate against a full conviction of its having been brought to its present stage by such a free regular and deliberate act of the nation as ought to silence all scruples about the validity of what had been done they appeared to doubt whether the present possessors of power ought to be considered as having acquired it with the real consent of france or as having seized it by violence whether the existing system could be considered as permanent or merely temporary they were therefore of opinion not that the treaty should be annulled or absolutely suspended but that the united states should reserve for future consideration and discussion the question whether the operation of those treaties ought not to be deemed temporarily and provisionally suspended 
should this be the decision of the government they thought it due to a spirit of friendly and candid procedure in the most conciliating terms to apprise the expected minister of this determination on the questions relative to the application of the clause of guarantee to the existing war some diversity of sentiment also prevailed the secretary of state and the attorney-general conceived that no necessity for deciding thereon existed while the secretaries of the treasury and of war were of opinion that the treaty of alliance was plainly defensive and that the clause of guarantee did not apply to a war which having been commenced by france must be considered as offensive on the part of that power against convening congress the opinion appears to have been unanimous the cabinet being thus divided on an important part of the system which in the present critical posture of affairs ought to be adopted by the executive the president signified his desire that the ministers would respectively state to him in writing the opinions they had formed together with the reasoning and authorities by which those opinions were supported the written arguments which were presented on this occasion while they attest the labour and reflect honour on the talents of those by whom they were formed and evince the equal sincerity and zeal with which the opinions on each side were advanced demonstrate an opposition of sentiment respecting the french revolution which threatened to shed its influence on all measures connected with that event and to increase the discord which already existed in the cabinet so far as respected the reception of a minister from the french republic without qualifying that act by any explanations and the continuing obligation of the treaties the president appears to have decided in favor of the opinions given by the secretary of state and the attorney-general proclamation of neutrality the proclamation of neutrality which was prepared by the attorney-general in conformity with the principles which had been adopted was laid before the cabinet and being approved was signed by the president and ordered to be published this measure derives importance from the consideration that it was the commencement of that system to which the american government afterwards inflexibly adhered and to which much of the national prosperity is to be ascribed it is not less important in another view being at variance with the prejudices the feelings and the passions of a large portion of the society and being founded on no previous proceedings of the legislature it presented the first occasion which was thought a fit one for openly assaulting a character around which the affections of the people had thrown an armor theretofore deemed sacred and for directly criminating the conduct of the president himself it was only by opposing passions to passions by bringing the feeling in favor of france into conflict with those in favor of the chief magistrate that the enemies of the administration could hope to obtain the victory for a short time the opponents of this measure treated it with some degree of delicacy the opposition prince occasionally glanced at the executive considered all governments including that of the united states as naturally hostile to the liberty of the people and ascribed to this disposition the combination of european governments against france and the apathy with which this combination was contemplated by the executive at the same time the most vehement declamations were published for the purpose of inflaming the resentments of the people against britain of enhancing the obligations of america to france of confirming the opinions that the coalition of european monarchs was directed not less against the united states than against that power to which its hostility was avowed and that those who did not avow this sentiment were the friends of that coalition and equally the enemies of america and france these publications in the first instance sufficiently bitter quickly assumed a highly increased degree of acrimony as soon as the commotions which succeeded the deposition of louis the sixteenth had in some degree subsided the attention of the french government was directed to the united states and the resolution was taken to recall the minister who had been appointed by the king 
and to replace him with one who might be expected to enter with more enthusiasm into the views of the republic the citizen genet a gentleman of considerable talents and of an ardent temper was selected for this purpose the letters he brought to the executive of the united states and his instructions which he occasionally communicated were in a high degree flattering to the nation and decently respectful to its government but mr genet was also furnished with private instructions which the course of subsequent events tempted him to publish these indicate that if the american executive should not be found sufficiently compliant with the views of france the resolution had been taken to employ with the people of the united states the same policy which was so successfully used with those of europe and thus to effect an object which legitimate negotiations might fail to accomplish arrival of mr genet as minister from france his conduct mr genet possessed many qualities which were peculiarly adapted to the objects of his mission but he seems to have been betrayed by the flattering reception which was given him and by the universal fervour expressed for his republic into a too speedy disclosure of his intentions on the eighth of april he arrived not at philadelphia but at charleston in south carolina a port whose contiguity to the west indies would give it peculiar convenience as a resort for privateers he was received by the governor of that state and by its citizens with an enthusiasm well calculated to dissipate every doubt he might previously have entertained concerning the dispositions on which he was to operate at this place he continued for several days receiving extravagant marks of public attachment during which time he undertook to authorize the fitting and arming of vessels in that port enlisting men and giving commissions to crews and commit hostilities on nations with whom the united states were at peace the captures made by these cruisers were brought into port and the consuls of france were assuming under the authority of mr Gillet, to hold courts of admiralty on them to try condemn and authorize their sale from charleston mr genet proceeded by land to philadelphia receiving on his journey at the different towns through which he passed such marks of enthusiastic attachment as had never before been lavished on a foreign minister on the sixteenth of may he arrived at the seat of government preceded by the intelligence of his transactions in south carolina this information did not diminish the extravagant transports of joy with which he was welcomed by the great body of the inhabitants means had been taken to render his entry pompous and triumphal and the opposition papers exultingly stated he was met at Graysbury by crowds who flocked from every avenue of the city to meet the republican ambassador of an allied nation the day succeeding his arrival he received addresses of congratulation from particular societies and from the citizens of philadelphia who waited on him in a body in which they expressed their fervent gratitude for the zealous and disinterested aids which the french people had furnished to america unbounded exultation of the success with which their arms had been crowned and a positive conviction that the safety of the united states depended on the establishment of the republic the answers to these addresses were well calculated to preserve the idea of a complete fraternity between the two nations and that their interests were identified the day after being thus accredited by the citizens of philadelphia he was presented to the president by whom he was received with frankness and with expressions of a sincere and cordial regard for his nation in the conversation which took place on this occasion mr genet gave the most explicit assurances that in consequence of the distance of the united states from the theatre of action and of other circumstances france did not wish to engage them in the war but would willingly leave them to pursue their happiness and prosperity and peace the more ready faith was given to these declarations because it was believed that france might derive advantages from the neutrality of america which would be a full equivalent for any services which she could render as a belligerent 
before the ambassador of the republic had reached the seat of government a long catalogue of complaints partly founded on his proceedings in charleston had been made by the british minister to the american executive this catalogue was composed of the assumptions of sovereignty already mentioned assumptions calculated to render america an instrument of hostility to be wielded by france against those powers with which she might be at war illegal proceedings of the french cruisers these were still further aggravated by the commission of actual hostilities within the territories of the united states the ship grange a british vessel which had been cleared out from philadelphia was captured by the french frigate lambuscade within the capes of the delaware while on her way to the ocean the prizes thus unwarrantly made being brought within the power of the american government mr hammond among other things demanded a restitution of them on many of the points suggested by the conduct of mr genet and by the memorials of the british minister it would seem impossible that any difference of opinion could exist among intelligent men not under the dominion of a blind infatuation accordingly it was agreed in the cabinet without a dissenting voice that the jurisdiction of every independent nation within the limits of its own territory being of a nature to exclude the exercise of any authority therein by a foreign power the proceedings complained of not being warranted by any treaty were usurpations of national sovereignty and violations of neutral rights a repetition of which it was the duty of the government to prevent it was also agreed that the efficacy of the law should be tried against those citizens of the united states who had joined in perpetrating the offence opinions of the cabinet in relation thereto the question of restitution except as to the grange was more dubious the secretary of state and the attorney-general contended that if the commissions granted by mr genet were invalid the captures were totally void and the courts would adjudge the property to remain in the former owners in this point of view therefore there being a regular remedy at law it would be irregular for the government to interpose if on the contrary the commissions were good then the captures having been made on the high seas under a valid commission from a power at war with great britain the original right of the british owner was by the laws of war transferred to the captor the legal right being in the captor it could only be taken from him by an act of force that is to say of reprisal for the offence committed against the united states in the port of charleston reprisal is a very serious thing ought always to be preceded by a demand and refusal of satisfaction is generally considered as an act of war and never yet failed to produce it in the case of a nation able to make war martha washington from the portrait by james sharples this is one of the three sharples portraits of the washington family and the only good profile of martha washington that was painted from life martha who was a few months younger than her husband is described as having been amiable in character and lovely in person by the courtesy of the period she was called lady washington and whether in her own home or at the federal court she presided with marked dignity and grace she died at mount vernon may twenty second eighteen o two having survived her husband two and a half years courtesy herbert l pratt admitting the case to be of sufficient importance to require reprisal and to be ripe for that step the power of taking it was vested by the constitution in congress not in the executive department of the government of the reparation for the offence committed against the united states they were themselves the judges and could not be required by a foreign nation to demand more than was satisfactory to themselves by disavowing the act by taking measures to prevent its repetition by prosecuting the american citizens who were engaged in it the united states ought to stand justified with great britain and a demand of further reparation by that power would be a wrong on her part the circumstances under which these equipments had been made in the first moments of the war before the government could have time to take precautions against them 
in its immediate disapprobation of those equipments must rescue it from every imputation of being accessory to them and had placed it with the offended not the offending party those gentlemen were therefore of opinion that the vessels which had been captured on the high seas and brought into the united states by privateers fitted out and commissioned in their ports ought not to be restored the secretaries of the treasury and of war were of different opinion they urged that a neutral permitting itself to be made an instrument of hostility by one belligerent against another became thereby an associate in the war if land or naval armaments might be formed by france within the united states for the purpose of carrying on expeditions against her enemy and might return with spoils they had taken and prepare new enterprises it was apparent that a state of war would exist between america and those enemies of the worst kind for them since while the resources of the country were employed in annoying them the instruments of this annoyance would be occasionally protected from pursuit by the privileges of an ostensible neutrality it was easy to see that such a state of things could not be tolerated longer than until it should be perceived it being confessedly contrary to the duty of the united states as a neutral nation to suffer privateers to be fitted in their ports to annoy the british trade it seemed to follow that it would comport with their duty to remedy the injury which may have been sustained when it is in their power so to do that the fact had been committed before the government could provide against might be an excuse but not a justification every government is responsible for the conduct of all parts of the community over which it presides and is supposed to possess at all times the means of preventing infractions of its duty to foreign nations in the present instance the magistracy of the place ought to have prevented them however valid this excuse might have been had the privateers expedited from charleston been sent to the french dominions there to operate out of the reach of the united states it could be of no avail when their prizes were brought into the american ports and the government thereby completely enabled to administer a specific remedy for the injury although the commissions and the captures made under them were valid as between the parties at war they were not so as to the united states for the violation of their rights they had a claim to reparation and might reasonably demand as the reparation to which they were entitled restitution of the property taken with or without an apology for the infringement of their sovereignty this they had a right to demand as a species of reparation consonant with the nature of the injury and enabling them to do justice to the party in injuring whom they had been made instrumental it could be no just cause of complaint on the part of the captives that they were required to surrender a property the means of acquiring which took their origin in a violation of the rights of the united states on the other hand there was a claim on the american government to arrest the effects of the injury or annoyance to which it had been made accessory to insist therefore on the restitution of the property taken will be to enforce a right in order to the performance of a duty these commissions though void as to the united states being valid as between the parties the case was not proper for the decision of the courts of justice the whole was an affair between the governments of the parties concerned to be settled by reasons of state not rules of law it was the case of an infringement of national sovereignty to the prejudice of a third party in which the government was to demand a reparation with the double view of vindicating its own rights and of doing justice to the suffering party they therefore were of opinion that in the case stated for their consideration restitution ought to be made on the point respecting which his cabinet was divided the president took time to deliberate those principles on which a concurrence of sentiment had been manifested being considered as settled the secretary of state was desired to communicate them to the ministers of france and britain and circular letters were addressed to the executives of the several states requiring their cooperation with force if necessary in the execution of the rules which were established the citizen genet was much dissatisfied with these decisions of the american government he thought them contrary to natural right and subversive of the treaties by which the two nations were connected 
in his exposition of these treaties he claimed for his own country all that the two nations were restricted from conceding to others thereby converting negative limitations into an affirmative grant of privileges to france without noticing a want of decorum in some of the expressions which mr genet had employed he was informed that the subjects on which his letter treated had from respect to him been reconsidered by the executive but that no cause was perceived for changing the system which had been adopted he was further informed that in the opinion of the president the united states owed it to themselves and to the nations in their friendship to expect as a reparation for the offence of infringing their sovereignty that the vessels thus illegally equipped would depart from their ports mr genet was not disposed to acquiesce in these decisions adhering to his own construction of the existing treaty he affected to consider the measures of the american government as infractions of it which no power in the nation had a right to make unless the united states and congress assembled should determine that their solemn engagement should no longer be performed intoxicated with the sentiments expressed by a great portion of the people and unacquainted with the firm character of the executive he seems to have expected that the popularity of his nation would enable him to overthrow that department or to render it subservient to his views it is difficult otherwise to account for his persisting to disregard its decisions and for passages with which his letters abound such as the following every obstruction by the government of the united states to the arming of french vessels must be an attempt on the rights of man upon which repose the independence and laws of the united states a violation of the ties which unite the people of france and america and even a manifest contradiction of the system of neutrality of the president for in fact if our merchant vessels or others are not allowed to arm themselves and the french alone are resisting the league of all the tyrants against the liberty of the people they will be exposed to inevitable ruin in going out of the ports of the united states which is certainly not the intention of the people of america their fraternal voice has resounded from every quarter around me and their accents are not equivocal they are pure as the hearts of those by whom they are expressed and the more they have touched my sensibility the more they must interest in the happiness of america the nation i represent the more i wish sir that the federal government should observe as far as in their power the public engagements contracted by both nations and that by this generous and prudent conduct they will give at least to the world the example of a true neutrality which does not consist in the cowardly abandonment of their friends in the moment when danger menaces them but in adhering strictly if they can do no better to the obligations they have contracted with them it is by such proceedings that they will render themselves respectable to all the powers that they will preserve their friends and deserve to augment their numbers a few days previous to the reception of the letter from which the above is an ex extract two citizens of the united states who had been engaged by mr genet in charleston to cruise in the service of france were arrested by the civil magistrate in pursuance of the determination formed by the executive for the prosecution of persons having thus offended against the laws mr genet demanded their release in the following extraordinary terms i have this moment been informed that two officers in the service of the republic of france citizen gideon henfield and john singletary have been arrested on board the privateer of the french republic the citizen genet and conducted to prison the crime laid to their charge a crime which my mind cannot conceive and which my pen almost refuses to state is the serving of france and defending with her children the common glorious cause of liberty being ignorant of any positive law or treaty which deprives americans of this privilege and authorizes officers of police arbitrarily to take mariners in the service of france from on board their vessels i call upon your intervention sir and that of the president of the united states in order to obtain the immediate releasement of the above-mentioned officers who have acquired by the sentiments animating them and by the act of their engagement anterior to every act to the contrary the right of french citizens if they have lost that of american citizens
this lofty offensive style could not fail to make a deep impression on a mind penetrated with a just sense of those obligations by which the chief magistrate is bound to guard the dignity of his government and to take care that his nation be not degraded in his person yet in no single instance did the administration in its communications with mr genet permit itself to be betrayed into the use of one intemperate expression the firmness with which the extravagant pretensions of that gentleman were resisted proceeding entirely from a sense of duty and conviction of right was unaccompanied with any marks of that resentment which his language and his conduct were alike calculated to inspire End of chapter one part one